podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Night fans, so sorry you missed the live show, but this replay is brought to you by Gordon and Partners. Gordon and Partners are dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who've been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. It's important that you get legal advice directly from somebody you trust, which in our case is Michael Hoffman, a UCF alum. Contact Michael directly at 407-913-5350 or visit the website fortheinjured.com. Don't just trust anybody. Trust a fellow knight. Trust Gordon and Partners for the injured. Hello, Night Nation. I am Trace Trollco. Welcome into the Sons of UCF Live. Let's kick off the hour. We've got, um, how about Seltzer Adam and Potato Salad Mike. Guys, tailgate, Friday. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, excited to, to meet some folks. Hopefully the weather holds up. That forecast looking a little dicey. And what about sex symbol Trollco over here? Don't, don't, don't be so modest yourself. <laughs> that um, makes me, it's true. But it makes me a little uncomfortable. It also makes me uncomfortable if you two talk time. about that. If you could not, that'd be great. <laughs> I'm pumped up for tomorrow, baby. I'm ready. I don't care. Rain or shine. We're ready to go. Rain or shine. Mike is ready to go. The Knights facing Louisville, of course, coming off the 56-10 win over South Carolina State to move to 1-0 on the season. Adam, what's your big takeaway from that game that you want to take into this Friday night showdown with the Cardinals? Yeah, I think if uh, you know John Rice Plumley uh, is where I'll start. Trace, I think you saw he is a superior athlete. Uh, he's a fantastic, um, you know, athletic uh, specimen running. Uh, you saw his, his uh, he, he trucks a guy. Uh, you know, he's elusive. What I want to see is can we continue to evolve in the passing game? You know, can he make throws when he has to make throws? I would say he was maybe raw as a quarterback in game one. I'd like to see if we can. You know, clean that up, and then the O line. I, I know there's some talk about those 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 five not playing together before. I'd love to see that O line gelled together. So, a couple of things that I, I saw uh, in, in week one. I'd love to figure out how that plays out in a week two. I'm looking right at the defense. The defense looked great in week one. Less than 100 total yards given up. Now going against Louisville. Remember they tore us apart last year up up there in Louisville. So I like to see how T will adjust this year as compared to last year. Can we contain Cunningham? That's going to be the key to the game tomorrow. You uh, mentioned things there, and my takeaway is that the South Carolina State game was basically a preseason game, a tune-up game, that the regular season starts this week against Louisville. So there's some things to build on, some successes in that first week, but what are we going to see this week? Um, And uh, let me ask this question. Do you think this team, as we see it now, is better, UCF team better than the one that went on the road to Louisville last year? I mean, that was a a smash-mouth game, back and forth, if not for the late pick six. Uh, UCF may be in a position to win that game. I think we're better defensively. I think at, at this point last year, T. Will was still new as a, as a defensive coordinator. I think we were trying to put some parts together. I think this year we're better defensively for sure. Offense is tough because I think we we better fit what Gus wants to do. Maybe that you know doesn't mean we have the you know the, the most skill from some perspective, but I think we're better from what Gus wants to do. I think we're way deeper at receiver than we were at this time last year. I think we're deeper at running back than we were this time last year. So if there happens to be injuries or challenges, I think we have some depth there. I think the offense is better suited to Gus, but I think the defense is way better than we were at this time last year. We're 
I don't know if we're better than we were when we started the game last year, but we're definitely better than we were when we ended that game last year. Cause remember we were missing about eight guys by the time that game was over. So, and they all went out at various points in the game. I know Gabriel was the last play, but Bowser went out early. A bunch of other guys went out during the game. Uh, coming into this game, I feel good about the way we are this year. Knights, last I saw favored by six and a half against Louisville. Fans, of course, wearing black. What about big game uh, gold? Uh, that's going to be the helmet choice. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about that, Mike? Yeah, I mean, they could go with any color helmet for all I care. Gold, black. I, I don't know if it's a big game. I know they still call it big game gold, but I remember – in 2020, they wore the gold helmets for a game at East Carolina. I think it was the game where, you know, there was nobody there and we had about eight false starts and that wasn't really considered a big game to me. I think it, that whole nickname kind of lost its luster then. So, you know, with a win, UCF would tie this series at 2-2. Mike, do you remember the first outing? Do you remember anything about that game from history? The Knights lose 41-21 at Louisville back in 1985. No, I didn't even know UCF existed in 1985. I was five years old. And, you, were, uh, you weren't on top of this? I like to hit you early with something that you may not have researched. That is the one game I don't remember. Yeah, the other uh, two definitely etched in my brain. We've been talking about tailgating, the pregame concert. Hopefully the weather cooperates. Dave Matthews tribute band on the Cover. stage, not far from uh, I did it. where we'll be set up for the tailgate. We should be able to hear them from that tailgate location. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool spot. We've got uh, sectioned off there, right there in Iowa Plaza, right by the track and, uh, and the indoor practice facility. Uh, so it's a nice little spot. You should definitely, all these things that are on the screen here, if you are, except for volleyball, I guess, uh, if you are where we are tailgating, you can see all of these things uh, outside the stadium. So it's a, it's a prime, prime real estate location. And with the weather that's expected, you're going to want a big tent. We have a big tent. And last time, <laughs> last year, we used it for the, uh, the Boise State game. <laughs> and it came in handy. It came in handy. It rained for like three hours and we, I didn't get a drop of water on it. Well, that's that's good, Mike. That's good. So if you prepared something, you're bringing something, you're bringing beverages. I think Mary says she's bringing cookies. I know Jan and Britt are, are making something, planning to bring something by. I'll bring some stuff. I'm not making anything myself, but I will Thank stop you. at the store on the way and I'll bring some stuff. And I think I think we can maybe announce now. I've got it official via text, so I, I will I will announce now. I think our good friend Drew Bellani who is the proprietor of a, uh, of a nice place uh, downtown there, uh, the Poor Choice. Uh, I believe he's going to supply some beverages for us. So I think he's going to bring by some, some beverages from his, uh, his location. So always glad to have Drew involved. So there could be some, some beer sampling to be had at the uh, Suns tailgate. So tailgate lots open at 2.30. Are you guys, you go, both have to travel from north and south in the state. Uh, you planning on being there right around 2.30? That's the plan, Trace. That is the plan. That, yeah, we have a big tent. We have a big Mike, tent. Mike, your admirers are, are going to be lined up out there. Um, I, I like the crowd to build a little bit before I get there, so <laughs> that's fine with me. Well, you remember in this game uh, last season at Louisville, Louisville quarterback Malik Cunningham, I believe in listening to your podcast earlier this week, may or may not be related to Randall Cunningham. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> I had never heard that. And then some on-the-fly research revealed that may not uh, be. Yeah. But we know that he slipped away when he needed to, kept the chains moving, picked up some first downs. Uh, and this week in his Monday media availability, head coach Gus Malzahn, spoke about Louisville's elusive quarterback, Malik Cunningham. It'll be a test for a whole defense. I mean, you know, he's 
He's, uh, like I said, he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football. I know that uh, things didn't go as well as, you know, they'd like last week, but, you know, uh, he's a phenomenal player. We know that. I mean, we saw for firsthand last year. So not only the linebackers, the whole defense is going to play well. Still scares me, even though they lost 31-7 at Syracuse in week one. Yeah, I'm of the opinion. I, I know that was a, a terrible loss. It seemed like a head scratcher in, in college football last weekend. Uh, I don't think many people had that one circled as a, as a loss for Louisville. But this team still concerns me. They they have uh, you know they have a lot of weapons on offense. Cunningham is a, is a dynamic quarterback. We saw what what he did to was last year. So I'm still concerned. Week one jitters. Syracuse comes up with a great game plan. We've all seen that before. We've all, you know, we've had our clunkers here at UCF. So I'm still of the concern mind. We have to control Malik Cunningham. I think he's the key to that offense. If we can keep him under control, we can contain him. I think we have a, a great shot of winning, but he's a d- dynamic player. So I, I don't know that it, it'll be as easy as Syracuse made it look. I'm curious to figure out how Syracuse made it look so easy. Hopefully we can replicate that. Mike, I think, talked on the podcast this week. You know, is there a blueprint? Is there a game plan that we can take from that? I hope so. But uh, he, he's definitely dynamic, and uh, and that still concerns me. Are you guys more nervous now at them coming off a loss, or would you have been more nervous if they had won that game in Syracuse? I'm more nervous about them coming off the loss just because their back is against the wall. They faced a similar situation last year, and uh, you know how that turned out. So that makes me more nervous. All right. I mean, I can see it both ways. Uh, one, we can either just kick them while they're down and, you know, delay their, uh, their, their winning ways until next week when they play Florida state or two, then they're really going to come out pissed off against us and give us our best shot. So we'll see what tomorrow. Well, they have, they have a whole week to figure out. Now, it's a shorter week, so we've got a bit of an advantage from a scheduling standpoint. You know, they played late Saturday. We played on Thursday, so we had a few extra days to be able to, um, you know, figure some stuff out there. But, you know, they're going to see their mistakes on tape. I think Scott Satterfield in his press conference said they needed to play with more tempo, so they have a chance to look at the film, make their corrections. I don't know if we got the, the best version or the, you know, the current version of Louisville, but they have time to make changes. That's what, uh, that's what concerns me. Tale of two quarterbacks, right? We saw what John Rice Plumley did for UCF in his debut, uh, multiple touchdowns through the air and on the ground. Coming up soon on twonightsmedia.com, we're going to have a little bit of content. Uh, UCF, John Rice Plumley faced first big test against Louisville, an article written by Nathaniel Marrero, UCF class of 2023. He does a lot of different things for a bunch of different sites, NSM Today, Orlando Sentinel, MLB.com, amongst others. And has written an article for us that uh, soon Adam will have posted up on twonightsmedia.com. So going to be interesting to see how John Rice Plumley fares against certainly a better team in Louisville than he faced in week one against South Carolina State. Yeah, like I said off the top, I think it's very clear he is uh, probably the best athlete on the field in most cases when he's on the field. If you need evidence of that, watch him chase down uh, Jablonski Green from South Carolina State uh, in a dead sprint, and it helps uh, support that tackle from, from Ryan O'Keefe. But I think he's raw as a quarterback, so I think he can beat you as an athlete. But if 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 you know they're able to neutralize his athleticism, you know then he's got to make reads, got to make throws. Can he do that? I think that's the part I'm I'm, I'm loving to see, and I think it'll be interesting to see how that works out uh, this week. Well, this team is going to be better than the team we faced last week, yes. I mean, he's seen teams from the SEC before as a true freshman, and he's gone into uh, LSU and and other tough places to play. I don't think Louisville is going to scare him that much going into the game. Well, let's talk about the Knights and quarterback play with one of the greatest to play in the black and gold. He is Mackenzie Milton, a return guest on the Sons of UCF Live. KZ, welcome back. What's up, boys? Appreciate y'all having me again. 
before we talk about John Rice Plumley and the game on Friday against Louisville, a couple of things from you. How's fatherhood treating you? It's the best hood, man. I'm loving it, bro. Not getting much sleep, but took him to his first game yesterday, and it was a great time. Well, that's good. What game? What game did you bring him to? Oh, brought him to the South Carolina State game. Oh, last week. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, yeah. gotcha. And and you're doing a little broadcasting. You're getting into this business a little bit more. How's that treating you? Yeah, it's going good. You know, I'll be doing the pregame show with Scott Adams, and then I'll probably do about three games uh, on the sideline this year. Uh, just getting my feet wet, venturing off into some other things outside of the, the playing days. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun getting exposed to some different avenues. Your LinkedIn profile continues to grow. What with your work with Mission Control, amongst <laughs> other things that we'll get into in a little bit. So John Rice Plumley coming off a little bit of time having not played quarterback. He uh, he lights it up in that opening game against South Carolina State. Yeah, absolutely. I thought he looked good. I thought his energy looked good. He looked confident. Um, you know, I think that was a good intro out of being out of it for about two to three years playing wide receiver and. Really didn't miss a beat. Um, I think this week will be a little bit of a tougher test, but I think if he brings that same energy, that same moxie, I think the, the Knights will have a good year. Casey, a lot of people compare you and JRP, just, you know, same number, right? A little bit of the same style of play. But I think an interesting comparison is, is what he's doing this year to what you did last year. How tough is it to come into a team as, as a transfer to, to learn a bunch of new guys, learn a new system, learn a new uh, space, learn a new offense. What kind of challenges come with doing something like that? And how do you think JRP's done as he's transitioned here to UCF? Yeah, I think the, the toughest uh, position to transfer in is, is being a quarterback. You know, you, you got to earn, earn the respect of everybody in that locker room. You got to learn a whole new playbook. And it's, it's not an easy thing to do, but I think he's done a great job just being himself in the locker room. He's a really good kid. Um, Things earn the respect of those guys just with the way he works, the energy he brings. And you know, I just love watching him. I love the way he's bouncing around the field, the way he's feeding feeding off the energy with the guys. It's it's fun to watch when you see guys having fun out there. Tomorrow's the first game of the revenge tour. The four teams we lost to last year, we play again this year, this time at home. You guys did the similar thing. In 2016, we lost games to Maryland, Temple, the Cows, and then came back in 17. How much did that play into the preparation for those games? Did you guys really talk about the year before that much going into those games? Yeah, you know, of course. You you definitely um, – not that it, it carries over, but, you know, that, that sting, it, it for sure stings a little bit. You know, double OT against Maryland and then, you know, last second drive with P.J. Walker um, to beat us in, uh, in 16. It's like you want to get after him. You want to get him back and – you know, the way they lost last year, the way the Knights lost last year was in heartbreaking fashion. And, you know, I know those guys are hungry. And you know, I told a couple of them this week, man, don't come and sleepwalking. Even though they got they got beat pretty good against Syracuse, they're, they're a good team and they got a really good quarterback. Um, he struggled a bit last week, but, you know, if, if we don't keep him in the pocket, it's probably going to be a long day. How important is the scout team this week in preparation for Malik Cunningham? And put on your coaching hat for a second. What would you be doing defensively? He's going to get his plays, but how do you contain him effectively? Uh, yeah, you know, I think ideally you you have a guy that can match speed for speed and, and can tackle well. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the Florida State game uh, on Sunday. They had Kalen Deloach, a linebacker, but the guy probably runs four mm -hmm. or five and uh, towards the end of the game, he was spying the quarterback for LSU that was running a lot. So I think you can do stuff like that. You can get into a bare front look where you have um, 
the the linebacker covering up the the center and you just have him drop back so you get a body on a body rushing four guys and then you just have him spying the QB. I think that's one thing you can do. But a guy like Malik, you probably want to have more than one body on him just because that first guy, <laughs> that first guy is going to have a hard time trying to tackle him. So I say that's one thing. And then the DNs, they can't get too far up the field. They got to be able to make that second move once they see Malik try and exit the pocket. So don't get too caught up in rushing the passer in a sense of trying to get sacks right away because your sacks might come as a result of him trying to scramble and make moves out of the pocket. So I think for Tremon Morris Brash, he's got to do a good job of, you know, not getting too excited and just being patient and, and let the game come to him. Casey, we're also breaking in an offensive line, five guys who have never played together before, a new quarterback who never played with them before too. How long does it take for that kind of unit to gel together? And and and, and realistically, how quickly can they get to that point where they become a, a cohesive unit? I'm sorry, repeat that one more time. How, how long will it take the offensive line, do you think, to gel together? Again, five guys who haven't played together before, yeah. a new quarterback. How long do you think it'll take for that group to kind of really gel together? You know, it takes time. Um, it definitely takes time to get on the same page of, you know, making protection calls and, and all and all that. But I think they have a good catalyst of guys with Lokahi Paole, Matt Lee, and, and Sam Jackson who played a lot of ball together. So I don't think it'll be um, – I don't think it'll be a long time before it clicks for them. But it, it does take a – it does take some time, you know, in game reps and whatnot, just getting on the same page, filling everybody out and how they work together. Um but I think I think they'll be fine. Tomorrow is supposed to be a sloppy weather game. It's going to rain a lot in the afternoon, maybe during the game. How much do you think that changes the game plan, if at all? And what about for you as a player, pre- preparation-wise? You doing something different? You changing out the cleats? Doing anything different that way? Nah, I'm just hoping and praying it doesn't rain because I'm trying to throw <laughs> the ball. But um, you know that's that's really stuff that's out of your control. The thing about it in Florida, if it's raining, it's probably thunder and lightning. So that kind of puts a damper in things. If if things get delayed, luckily when I was playing, we never really had any rain delays like that. Um, maybe other than one game. Um, but I'm crossing, I'm crossing my fingers every day. It says it's going to rain. And then, you know, hopefully it blows over within 20 minutes, kind of like last week. And, you know, we can play some football. Did it surprise you coach Malzahn and staff kept Isaiah Bowser and of course Plumley late into that game instead of, uh, you know, rotating out some guys. Nah, not really. I mean, you know, this game one, you want to you want to knock off the rust. A lot of those guys probably weren't taking a whole lot of hits and in, in fall camp. So, you know, it's a it's a long season, and you know you don't want to you don't want to come in rusty in a game two because you don't get enough reps in a game one because you're blowing a team out. So I understand it in that aspect, but you know there there does come a point where you know you want to keep your core guys healthy. So I, I didn't think they were they were overworking them or anything like that, but. Um, you know, I think this game will, has a chance to be a th- three, f- three or four quarter game. So those guys will need those guys from start to finish this week. We saw the defense play really well against South Carolina State. They played really well at the end last season, uh, too. As a quarterback, when you know you have a stout defense, does that change the way you approach the game? Does that change some things that you might do on the field, knowing the other side of the ball, you've got some some really good guys out there? Yeah, I think it just, you know, you got to try and find matchups is is really the the one thing um you know hopefully against any defense you can find one or two guys you can try and exploit with your best guys and you know teams like Alabama would do a good job with that with like Jamison Williams and Devontae Smith motioning them getting them matchups on linebackers and so on and so forth 
Um, but typically if, if there's not one guy that you can go after, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough game. And, um, you know, I feel like UCF has that kind of defense. All their DBs can cover. They're all really fast. The linebackers can run sideline to sideline. So it's, it's a good problem to have when you don't necessarily have a fish is what I like to call them. You want, you want to go fishing while you're on offense, but if there's not any fish out there, that's when you really got to scheme some stuff up, um, to create rub routes and, you know, expose maybe some coverage checks that they have into certain formations, but it's a, it's, you know, you're in for a good one when, when the defense is, you know, they got guys from one to 11. You hear a lot of coaches say the biggest improvement is going from week one to week two. What do you want to see us improve on the most coming off the game last week? You know, I, I want to see the old line enforce their will on, on this, uh, on this defense this week. Um, you know, if it's a rainy game, I want us to be able to run the ball on first, second, and third down and move the chains doing that. And, you know, I want to, I want to see this, this, um, this team dominating the trenches on both sides, both sides of the ball more than anything. I know we got skilled guys all across the board from quarterback to receivers, to DBs, but I want to see these guys in the trenches, um, really showcase what they can do against a power five opponent. So the turnover in that game last week and John Rice Plumley takes after the South Carolina State defender. And then, hey, there's Ryan O'Keefe. How would Mackenzie Milton have fared in that battle against Ryan O'Keefe down the field? I probably would have pulled a hamstring trying to chase him <laughs> down. Um, golly, I thought JRP was going to get him. He was he was humming and then Ryan came out of nowhere. Um, but that's just the kind of kid he is, man. Just all heart, all effort, and all the time. So super proud of the – the maturation he's had in his career and you know he'll probably be playing on Sundays because of it that's a play that really stands out to coaches too doesn't it and fellow teammates you see a guy that's willing to do that to show to his team you know we can stop him a defense will turn it over to the defense but we're going to stop him yeah absolutely it's kind of reminds you of like DK Metcalf um against the Arizona Cardinals with Buda Baker and the Seahawks ended up stopping him on that drive it's like those are those are game changing plays if you can get a stop there on the two yard line and and that's when it really comes down to the game of inches and effort and you know Ryan O'Keefe was on the completely opposite side of the ball and just made an effort play and like I said that's just I mean that's just more who he is as a person than than a player. Mackenzie, obviously this game is a night game, seven thirty in the bounce house. You've played a lot of games in the bounce house. It's always electric. How is it different at night in the bounce house? Man, it's it's it it just is, bro. <laughs> it just is. You can't really um I'm sure I'm sure you experience it as a fan and, and whatnot, but when it's and when it's fully packed and hopefully it is on Friday, which it should be, you know, I and I encourage all night nation, man, even if it's raining, suck it up, stick it out to the end. Let's let's get out there, support our guys, let's let's pack the bounce house like like it's a like it's a Friday night on Black Friday playing USF in twenty seventeen. Let's do it for those guys and you know, let's let them feel that atmosphere and let's feel it as fans. It's, there's nothing like it. It's, it's, it's the coolest atmosphere in college football. I wanted to ask you this last time. I didn't get to it. I have a Mackenzie Milton jersey, right? And I bought it <laughs> after the Peach Bowl. And, you know, it's got the Peach Bowl uh, patch on there, everything. So I wore it the next season opening day. We won. Next time I wore it was the time when you broke your leg, right? And I, yeah. I didn't want to wear it again. I ended up wearing it again for the Pittsburgh game. We know how that went. I wore it again for the Louisville game last year. We know how that went. Do I, what do I have to do? Do I have to get rid of this thing? Do I need you to like, like put it in your hands and change the the the, the, the lock? Or what? 
Nah, man, you made the mistake of not wearing it the other games because we won most of them. <laughs> <laughs> I tried just, to, I, I tried when the teams were in white. Yeah, I wanted oh, to match okay, the team, okay. so that's kind of like my, my thing. I but right. um, I, I haven't right. worn it since last year. I don't know when do I bring it back. Um, maybe when we make a New Year's. I I wear it all the time, bro. That's a nice jersey. <laughs> that's that's stamped. I'll wear it all the time. I, you know what? I did put it on last year when you came in the game for the first time at FSU. I went in the closet. I saw you come in the game. I went. I threw the thing on. You did great, but then they, you guys lost that game too. So I, I don't know. Is this thing cursed or what? I don't think it's cursed. I think um, <laughs> I think there's a lot more to it than than just a jersey. I think you know play calling and you know some other external variables. But it's not a jersey, man, because we won the first time you wore it, so it's all good. <laughs> Uh, KZ, as you know, our friends Jan and Britt, when they make a request of you, you take that seriously. So when Jan messages me, can you bring up Britt's Bunch and the big event on October 15th to KZ when you have him on the show? I, I can't say no to Jan and Britt. So, of course, I've got to ask about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're we're putting together a, a fundraiser and Mission Control is sponsoring it as well. Um, trying to raise funds to really take these these kids that are some terminally ill and just you know, very underserved and over, underprivileged in the sense that they don't have much and raising funds to take them to the Navy game, last home game of the season, as well as take them Christmas shopping. Um, the goal is to raise $10,000 via ticket sales, as well as a silent auction at, at Brits Brunch. And, you know, I have full confidence we'll meet that goal, but it's going to take everybody's effort and, and contributing to these kids that are battling sickle cell. And, um, you know, it hits close to home because, you know, my late friend, Otis Anderson Jr., he battled sickle cell trade as well. So um, definitely a great cause. And thank you, Britt. Thank you, Jan, for allowing me to be a part of it, allowing Mission Control to be a part of it. And, you know, I love you guys. All right, Mackenzie, a lot of controversy. Uh, Mike brought up Jersey. So I got to ask you, what are your thoughts on the new look for the Knights, the new Jersey sets? Obviously, we've only seen live in person the uh, the black jersey, but uh, a few different options. What are your thoughts on the new combos for UCF? I'm going to keep my I'm going to keep my comments to myself on this one. Um, I If we win a lot of games, I'm sure, you know, Knight fans will, will be will love them a lot. I've kind of missed the gold trim, though. That's really the only thing that. You know, is is um is missing for me is the little bit of the gold trim there and then on the sleeves. But I think I'm just partial to that because that's because that's what I wore. Um, I'm just glad we didn't go back to the mustard yellow. <laughs> <laughs> you you yeah. and a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. All right, you were on the broadcast last week doing the pregame show. Tell me, scout yourself now. What improvements do you have to make going into tomorrow's game? So. I was using AirPods initially, so Scott got me a new headset, so it's not as spotty. Um, that's why I got the corded headphones on now. Uh, that's that'll be the main thing, just um, not being as spotty and probably just doing a little more homework on you know the opponent and UCF. But all all in all, you know, I think it's I want to say it comes natural because I still get a little nervous, but you know, I've done a lot of interviews just playing and you know post game stuff. But I would say it'd be a little tougher, you know, um, kind of just talking organically, if that makes sense, instead of like answering questions and whatnot. So I'll, I would say that would probably be my biggest adjustment, you know, going into commentating, just doing the homework and, and being ready for the stuff. But, you know, thankfully, I'm a avid football fan. And I watch a lot of football and I think the Bills game started. Um, I did. So, 
So I'm I, I'm a football junkie, so I, I feel like I'm pretty well versed on what I'm talking about. So that that gives me a great great advantage. I had uh, asked you a question in a post game, and then that session ended. Walked out, and I was talking with your mom and your dad. And then you came out, and your dad said, uh, "Do you know Trace?" And he's like, you "Just ask me a question." And you just sort of flip like, "Yeah, I know who he is." Yeah. Uh, what's going on with Mission Control? Yeah. So we just had our um, we just had our pep rally yesterday for the Louisville game at Island Wing Company while the coaches show was going on, and then this Friday we got in a an Apollo tailgate at um, partnering with 3MG, our partners. And, you know, we got our weekly virtual spaces going right now. Potentially might move that to a podcast format. We'll see. Uh, but right now I think the fans enjoyed the Twitter spaces with Ryan Bass and whatnot. So um, it's going great. Uh, you know, I'm fired up for where it's headed. You know, we just want to keep taking care of these athletes in fun, creative ways and engaging them with the fans. You know, KZ, there's not enough podcasts out there. So, you know, <laughs> one more. <laughs> Just add one more. There's not nah. enough competition. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, Casey, speaking of tailgates, uh, my friend and yours, Mr. Michael Hoffman, uh, he sent me a little text earlier and said that yep. uh, I guess you guys have worked something out and we can announce officially uh, we're going to be at Boca uh, for the FAU game and you're going to join uh, the uh, the tailgate party that uh, Gordon and Partners and Sons of UCF are throwing. So first off, uh don't know what you're getting into hanging out with us, man, but we're excited to, to have you swing by the tailgate and, uh, and hang out with you for a little bit. I'm fired up. Maybe we should do a live podcast down there. Adam, Adam, you guys, man, thank you for you guys for having me. Uh, Michael, thank you, brother. Um, really looking forward to it next week, man. Let's go take over Boca. Uh, let yeah, us know a lot what, of what kind of music you want us to play, start playing. What kind of food? You got any food requests? Mike makes a mean potato salad if you follow along on that. Let's make let's make it a luau while we're at it. Let's have some island music, some Kalua pigs, some some rice, some 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 poke. All right, we're at, we're at the beach. We might as well. We, we had this question a, a few weeks ago, Mackenzie, in a, in a, in a mailbag question. Um, someone thinks that you might be a ringer at at beer pong just because of your quarterback days. Do you have a tailgate game that you excel at that we do not want to play you in? <laughs> Honestly, probably not. I'm really not any good at beer pong. Um, I'll occasionally hit a clutch shot here and there, but I wasn't doing a whole lot of drinking in college. You know, I got that out of, out of the way my freshman year, even though I was 18, 19. <laughs> um, but, you know, I wasn't doing a whole lot of partying when, you know, I was playing ball and whatnot. So I really didn't get exposed to a whole lot of beer pong uh, matches. Gave, hey, gave first touchdown Gabe of the Davis, season, yeah. baby. Let's go. There we go. Let's go. That was I quick. Hope, I hope y'all got on his fantasy team. Let me see it. Hold up. <laughs> Sorry, I got I to gotta check this one out for you. Yeah, no, give, us, hey, give us the play-by-play and the replay. Slight motion. Oh, yeah. great, play, great play call. Great play call. Man, that's that's what you got to love. The X's and O's blocked down on the DN. Jalen Ramsey sucked up. Great call. Man, I love football. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> You got to be careful with the cheering now. You got the baby in there. You can't be too loud next time Gabe scores. Man, I was lit- I literally woke up the kid on Sunday when uh when they blo- when they blocked the kick. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> man, I didn't I didn't think I'd be rooting for Florida State as much as I was, man. That was I was glad to see they did that, man. Um beating LSU. That was that was a good good program win for those guys. Well, we are looking forward to seeing you in this uh, big takeover down in Boca Raton. All right, final thought from you, UCF and Louisville. Keys to the game, and what do you think the outcome is? 
keys to the game, my number one key to the game and really only key to the game, key to success for UCF is keep number three, Malik Cunningham, in the pocket. I apologize. I was I got a call from my brother. He, I think he's got Gabe on his fantasy team. <laughs> um, my number one key to the game and really only key to success is keep number three, Malik Cunningham, in the pocket. Um, you saw last week that that Syracuse did a great job bottling him up. I think he threw two interceptions. And we can if we do that, I think we win by two or three scores against these guys. Sounds good. We like that analysis. Mackenzie Melton, we appreciate being you being with us on Sons of UCF Live, and we'll see you for the big tailgate in Boca. See y'all in Boca. See y'all tomorrow. Thanks, All right. KZ. All right, Thanks, fellas. KZ. Thank you. All right. Pretty good news drop there, guys. Uh, he set up the menu. <laughs> There's a little pressure now. He can't bring out a bag of chips. Well, Hoffman <laughs> was listening. Hoffman's in charge of the food for that one, so. Yeah, Hoffman. Hoffman just hopped in the green room to to listen in. Uh, he he can uh, he can hear us here. I'll bring him on really quickly. Uh, uh, Mike Hoffman from uh, Gordon and Partners helped set up the uh, the KZ tailgate. Uh, he wants a luau. I don't know if you can make that happen. Uh oh, I didn't hear. I didn't hear what he said. I actually jumped, jumped in a little late. I uh, you know in classic dad mode, I fell asleep putting uh, putting my son to bed, and I woke up like, ah, here we are. So I, I have no idea what he said. So I guess we have to do. A, I'll have to go back and re-listen and uh, do a good job on the food. But, luau, yeah, he, pig, he wants a luau. Yeah, luau. But hey, you, you're putting on a really nice event for everybody down in Boca. Um, RV parking lot starts at noon, obviously sponsored by your firm, Gordon and Partners. Mackenzie will be there kind of mid-afternoon. Uh, we're really excited for uh, for what's going to happen, man. So we appreciate you putting this on. And uh, I know you invite all of Night Nation to come check us out, swing by, hang out. Let's take over the tailgate parking lot. Should be a good time. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it'll be fun. I'm really excited that KZ is going um, to join us. I think that'll be great. And, you know, regardless, there'll be plenty of, plenty of booze. And we'll have plenty of Publix potato salad. Mike doesn't need to worry about it. We'll just have it there. As many people as they want, I can have it. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna ration people or anything like that. So. New York style and Southern style, right? Whatever oh, you geez. want, buddy. Whatever you want. <laughs> All right, we'll let you go with this. Give me a prediction for tomorrow. What's the uh, what's the game? I think uh, I think it's gonna be closer to the Stanford game than it will be to the uh, to the past Louisville games. I think it comes out a little tight, and then UCF walks away with it and ends up. I got us up winning by 18 points. Ooh. I also got uh, the under on. I did the uh, I did the, the game the pick'em thing. Yeah. I got I got the under on uh, Cunningham's yards. I got the over on Plumley's rushing, and I got Bowser mm-hmm. over 79 yards. So let's uh, let's hope that happens too. I got over on touchdown, so I'm in the same boat as you, my friend. But again, we appreciate you for being such a, a great friend of the show. Can't wait to see everybody down in Boca, Mike, and uh, get get some sleep. Do you need to go back to bed? Are you tired now? What's yeah, uh, you I'm, staying up? What's the what's the drill here? I, I wish I was going back to bed, but uh, I, I give me a few minutes and I'll I'll be back with it. I'll be back. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, we can't wait to see you down in Boca, man. Charge on. All right, guys. Charge on. Go nights. Uh, 18 points. Brother. By the way, speaking of Pick'em, Adam, I've put quite a bit of distance between myself and Mike in the weekly Pick'em after one week. This Is like, is this a rerun from last year's show? You did the same exact <laughs> dance last year. I think I spotted you like three weeks while you, you had this, and then I ended up beating you by about 10 picks. Uh, Knights favored uh, this week by six and a half. I asked on my Twitter poll this week, does UCF win this game by less, more, 80% 
said by more than six and a half points. We'll get our predictions later. Let us talk a little bit more about Louisville. Let's welcome in our next guest, Joe Londrigan. He is co-managing editor at Underdog Dynasty, a Louisville alum. Mm -hmm. Let me begin with mm. this, Joe. What <laughs> in the heck happened last week? 31-7 loss for your Cardinals at Syracuse. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It was, it was a tough one to watch for sure. I mean, you know, outside of that first scoring drive at Syracuse, that was the most listless I've seen Louisville in in a long time. And um, clearly, you know, Satterfield could uh, could sense that um, kind of growing cloud of, of negativity that's over the program right now in his uh, in his in his presser earlier today uh, or not today, yesterday. Um, but just kind of talking about the missed tackling, so many issues there. And I mean, and then, you know, when you get into a situation where you're down that bad early and you have to take as many shots as they were like that, that's a recipe, I think, for uh, Cunningham, who maybe doesn't have like, you know, the deep ball is one of his strengths. Yeah, offense is one thing, but 31 points from Syracuse, Joe, on that Louisville Cardinal defense. What, what did you make of the defensive performance? I mean, it was it was bad. You know, there's no there's no real way to, uh, you know, sugarcoat that, um, you know, like when you look at the way that they were tackling, I mean, folks were just kind of bouncing off them left and right. I mean, plain and simple, the linebackers, Monty Montgomery and uh, Yaya Diaby, they got to step up and wrap up and, and be able to bring guys down. Um, if you're going to create, you know, if you're going to penetrate the uh, offensive line that much, you got to be able to wrap up and finish the play. I mean, you know, they were they were making um, Schrader uh, Syracuse's quarterback look like Lamar Jackson with the way he was running around. So it was it was a problem for sure. The transfer portal has obviously had its hand on every team across the country. Who's the guys that are missing from last year that we might notice? And who are some new guys we got to pay attention to for tomorrow night? Oh, gosh. Um Man, that's the thing about the transfer portal, right? Folks are moving around so much. Um, I would say, you know, just just keep your eye on uh, on the receiver core for Louisville. Um, guys like um, uh, Wiggins going to be a little bit more involved against UCF than he was uh, against Syracuse. Um, Slayer Hudson's going to get a lot of throws. And then in the running back game, uh, Tion Evans is going to be the run back and you know as far as uh transfer guys um more of those folks are on the defensive side of the ball at this point and uh and along the offensive line as well there's a couple but um but yeah there's that to, to look forward to during their media availability uh, coach satterfield and the other coaches were speaking about how do you prepare for ucf speed uh so that is certainly an advantage that the knights have uh, going into the game friday yeah you know satterfield mentioned um Plumley specifically and how much faster he is than uh, uh, than some of the folks that they were playing against Syracuse. And I mean, he was basically a skill position guy. Well, I mean, you know, they considered him playing skill positions at Ole Miss, as, as you guys know. So he he has that uh, that skill set in his back pocket. So um, that's going to be something to, to keep an eye on for sure. And, you know, as from the defensive side of the ball, he's got to hope they don't over pursue and then stay on their uh stay on their pursuit angles and fill correctly. That's that's kind of the main thing you want to do when you play a guy who's uh, as mobile as Plumlee is. Joe, when Louisville is going well, what what are they doing? What's working for them when they're playing at their best? I think balance is the big thing on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm hoping tomorrow they can get the run game going, get some off tackle going, and uh, hopefully play off the fact that, that UCF usually only plays with three down linemen and just get some chunk plays here and there. And uh, above all, take care of the ball. That's kind of the big thing, you know, 
Uh, this guy sounds defeated. Thanks, Bumblebee. Uh, <laughs> You're not alone. Uh, he rounds yeah. uh, most of, of the guests. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but I mean, that's the thing. When they're not committing turnovers, um, you know, I think um, this this team has is, is uh, relied on its athleticism for a little too long. Um, so hopefully if they can just kind of secure some balance and get a nice even play call between the run, the pass smart decisions with the ball. I think that's what that's like on the offense. Um, and defense is knocking my microphone off. I'm like an allegory for Louisville football right now. Uh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, just, just limiting the explosive plays. You know, I think when you look back at that Syracuse film, they were, they were just, uh, they were just breaking off too many. So that's, that's kind of the big things. Just limit the, uh, limit the explosive plays on the defensive side of the ball and uh, get some balance on the offensive side of the ball. The last two times we played each other, obviously classic games, 2013, and then last year down to the last second. What's the view of UCF from the Louisville fan? How confident are you guys or not confident coming into this game? Yeah, I mean, as far as the perception of UCF, it's mostly respect. I mean, that that 2013 loss uh, still hurts quite a bit. You know, I I remember that game. I think that was... uh, when Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback and uh, the Louisville folks were definitely hoping to, you know, maybe secure another New Year's Six Bowl. I think that was the year after they had that that big Sugar Bowl win. And that was, you know, like a program defining win for for Louisville football. Um, so after that, losing to Blake Bortles in such a close game, um, it was it was entertaining. It was one of the best football games I've ever personally been to um, at Cardinal Stadium. But um, yeah, as far as the perception of, of Louisville, I don't think there's really any um hard feelings one way or the other certainly respect what what UCF's built i mean as you guys know you're always going to get a few a few haters but you know it's it's pretty it's it's pretty normal as far as college fan bases go um as far as expectations for tomorrow you know if you had asked me that question a month ago i think folks would have been pretty confident about their chances heading into this game but honestly the fan base has, has done a pretty um noticeable kind of 180 in the last like five six days in terms of you know expectations for the team based on that that performance against Syracuse and frankly you know week one is all about um reactions and that sort of thing but um you know I think folks are overreacting a little bit I think you know you you have time to kind of get folks's uh get people's butts into shape and, and make sure that they're they're ready to go but People are, are feeling extremely kind of defeated for after what happened last time, as, uh, as the comments like to point out. So were Louisville to lose Friday night to UCF, uh, mm-hmm. pressure then on Scott Satterfield, uh, hot seat? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, anytime the the AD kind of puts out a statement <laughs> after a game and is like, yeah, I'm, I'm mad too. Like, that, that's kind of something to, to notice. Um, you know, there's there's been a faction of fans calling for Scott Satterfield's job for a hot second, but but right now there's an added layer to it because those folks are trying to do those those mental gymnastics right now of is it possible even to like get a new staff in there while keeping this highly touted 2023 recruiting class that's coming in. That is kind of the big uh, point of optimism around uh, Louisville football and Louisville athletics at the moment. Um, have guys like. Uh, Offensive lineman Matt Sanker coming in, who I believe is a, a top like 75 guy. Ruben Owens, who's the number one running back in the entire class. Uh, Pierce Clarkson, who's a very dynamic quarterback at a St. John Bosco in California. Um, and then also, you know, if this trend keeps going and they do, you know, lose several more games this year, do some of those guys end up decommitting and kind of screw the plans for uh, for the next couple of years? So folks are nervous for sure. 
Joe, first trip for the Cardinals down to Orlando. Any sense for how many fans may be making the trek down to enjoy the uh, largely rainy weather we'll see on Friday night? Um, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I could give you an exact number, but I mean, you know, if, if you haven't been to Kentucky in the fall and winter, it's uh, it's it's cold and rainy. So I would imagine there's definitely some folks looking to to get out of that and head down to to sunny Florida for a little bit. And plus, Louisville's uh, done a pretty nice job kind of cultivating their, their alumni and fans and, and recruiting in general in Florida. So I, I know for a fact there's there's definitely some uh, some good numbers of Louisville fans and alumni in, in the central and south Florida area. So. Um, yeah, I, I can definitely see a, a decent chunk of Louisville fans uh, heading up for the game, but I'd be lying if I said I could give you an exact number. The spread I've seen at five and a half, six and a half, UCF as the favorite. What's your prediction on the final score tomorrow? Yeah, I think UCF wins by by 10. I think that's kind of my uh, general thought there. Um, you know, I, I like what UCF's doing um, offensively. Did some cool things against uh, South Carolina State in the opener. Um you know, I, I'm hoping that uh, the defense on Louisville side can play better. Um, in particular, also, side note, looking forward to seeing what uh, Ricky Barber does, the defensive tackle who actually played at uh, Western Kentucky last year, watched a lot of him there, and is actually a product of Doss High School in Louisville, who's a, he's a dragon, was their mascot, I believe. So, yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing what he does and um, always liked watching him. Joe, let's wrap up with this. Our mutual friend Eric Henry said, uh, Raz Joe and mentioned that he got married in Louisville Stadium. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I married my real wife in in Louisville Stadium. Eric's my work wife, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I did. Um, and it's funny because they actually announced today um, that they just did a whole renovation of kind of the uh, the hospitality area there, as far as uh, like a sponsorship with. Um, angels envy bourbon um and it looks beautiful they did a great job but me and my wife are sitting there looking at it like did they just now wait until after we used it to renovate this did we get the short end of that stick but you know um but no it we did um my wife and i actually met uh covering louisville football um working for uh several different you know publications and stuff up there and uh, we actually met at a baseball game but um our our story is we we uh, quite far from each other at a, at a Louisville football game on September evening. So it just felt that uh, we, we had a connection and we used it. <laughs> gotcha. Joe Londrigan, yeah. underdog dynasty, Louisville alum, got married in the stadium. Thanks for being with us on Sons of UCF Live. Of course, guys. Thanks for the invite. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Joe. All Thanks, right, Joe. Adam and Mike, five and a half, six and a half, final prediction, Louisville, UCF. Adam? Uh, I've got 34-24 UCF. I said on the show this week, I think I said 38-13, something like that. So I'll stick with that, right around that area. 38 uh, would require a field goal. Is that correct? (laughs) We didn't say by who. We did not say by who. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, I'm going to go 28-17. Good guys. Uh, The Knights uh, win that. Around the kingdom before we open the mailbag. Women's soccer, 2-1-2. After Sunday's 2-1 loss to number 13 Ole Miss, Sunday, September 11th, going to number one North Carolina. Interesting injury note, forward Kristen Scott uh, went out of the game before the game, pre-game warm-ups against Ole Miss. I reached out to Sports Information to get an update on her status. Uh, We are not going to be providing any updates at this time. So that doesn't sound bueno about Kristen Scott, who the Knights may need for some offense. Uh, at North Carolina men's soccer 2-1 after a 2-1 after a 3-0 win over UC Riverside they are out west at UC Irvine Friday night head to head with football at nine o'clock volleyball 2-0 
after wins over Syracuse and Kansas State, McKenna Melville, going to hear this a lot during the season, your AAC Offensive Player of the Week. They have the UCF Invitational at home this weekend, 4.30 in the venue if you want to get out of the heat. Uh, in the afternoon of tailgating, they'll be over in the venue against UNC Wilmington. They have Miami Saturday night and uh, UIC. Mike, you know who UIC is, right? I have no idea. That's why I asked. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> University of Illinois, Chicago. Uh, they have them on Sunday. A uh, couple of bold projections, because I know Mike and many of our, our watchers and listeners like to know that stuff. Mike, uh, USA Today, UCF LSU Birmingham Bowl. You like that one? How about UCF Army Independence Bowl? Or uh, that's from CBS Sports and Action Network, UCF, Syracuse, and the Military Bowl. Any of that got you jazzed here on the 8th of September? No. No, none of those cities are really uh, any place I'd rather travel travel to during the holidays. And UCF hasn't left the state of Florida for a bowl game in the last how many years? I, I don't think any of those is even a possibility. Mark it down. Mike, no on those bowl games. Let's open up the mailbag. Any, uh, we got sound, a coach. We got a coach to intro this? Yeah, you want to you want to coach. You want music, Trace. I mean, Let's whatever. Do coach first. Let me do a coach. I'm guess which coach we have. Anybody, Mike, Trace, take a guess. Um, Addison Williams. Addison Williams. Let's open the sons of UCF mailbags. I had no prior knowledge of that. Yeah, Any walk and talks. Uh, no walk and talks. An aggressive point by Addison Williams. <laughs> That's true. Ethan of one two six facing the Louisville Cardinals. For those of you who are unaware, a cardinal is a type of bird. Uh, what's your least favorite bird and why, Adam? I wouldn't vulture. Is that a bird? <laughs> it just doesn't seem like a nice animal. They're like, if there's a dead carcass in the roadway of my neighborhood, there's a bunch of them. They don't get out of the way. So if vulture counts as a bird, uh, chalk me up for a vulture. I'm going to ostrich. I had an encounter with an ostrich once, which was not pleasant. I, I was doing something for work. I got out of my car. I was all of a sudden, one started charging at me. And I jumped right back in the car. As a Cubs fan, I don't like the Cardinals very much. I do like that bird, actually. But as a baseball team, I don't. But I'll go with Cardinals. At Danny, P-I-N-N-Y-C. Uh, I love the questions that we get in the mailbag because you can always tell the tone and the emotions of the fan base at any given moment. Help me understand the kicking game, Danny wants to know. We have Colton Boomer, people high on. Grant Reddick comes in next year. How is Obarski? still in the picture of course Colton Boomer quad injury during preseason camp uh I like Mike your analysis of the kicking game <laughs> how could it get any worse <laughs> bring in anybody I mean it could get worse that that 38 point projection I just gave you that could be four missed extra points no <laughs> he's great on extra points <laughs> um I don't know how he's still the kicker to be honest with you. and Adam with that Brian W Peterson will kind of and how much dirt does Daniel Barsky have on Gus and uh, at M underscore M and UCF, if a tree fell in the woods <laughs> with no one around, would we still hear an Obarski boo for every shank? Rough crowd, rough crowd on Mr. Daniel Obarski. Well, I uh, I heard Gus tell me this week that Obarski is a great kicker. I, I heard that from his own lips at his press conference. I got to think two things coming to play here. One, I think Colton Boomer's injury potentially set him back a little bit, didn't give a, a fair competition. Obarski is a senior. He's experienced. Colton Boomer, a true freshman. Maybe Gus just leaned experience on that initial decision. But I, I got to think if, if we see anything like we saw on uh, uh, on last Thursday, a makeable kick, uh, I think Mike had it perfect. He, he missed by a whole other goalpost uh, on that side. So if we see something like that, I got to think there's a, there's a short leech at this point. 
He didn't have a chance to set himself, though. He had to run right. All right, all right. I'm not going to make it. Give me like 14 seconds. Yeah, I got it. I got it. That's yeah, Spursy Knight. How much faith do you have in the offensive line that it can gel quickly? I mean, McKenzie gave me a little bit of faith when he said that you know we have some stalwarts on that line that can uh, that can help gel those guys together. But look, I, I think the O line did not look you know super sharp against South Carolina State. Perhaps it's first game jitters. Perhaps it's just kind of getting game rust knocked off you. We'll find out pretty quickly though because we're going to need them to uh, to help us establish the grunt the, the ground game. Bowser four yards a carry against SC State. Not that that's bad, but that's uh, typically lower for him. So uh, I, I'm, this is my my my. My most concerned, I guess I'll say, is that O-line and how they gel together. This is going to be on Gus, you know, game planning with this O-line. He's going to, I think we're going to see a lot more sweeps maybe this game, like we saw against Florida. O'Keefe coming around the side. Maybe some design runs for JRP. We're getting straightened out. At J.P. Gilbert, JRP in or JRP out is his question. I think it's spelled J-P-O-U-T. He seems to be sour on our JRP. He only wants to be right about this one. JRP in all the way. Yeah, he's in. I mean, I think you saw Gus said it a few times. You saw the dynamic. <laughs> should have phrased that differently. Uh, he uh, he saw the dynamic playmaking uh, of John Rice Plumley. What he brings, an extra element. Again, I think he's still raw as the quarterback. So does he make that that next leap? And if a team is going to ask JRP to beat him, you know, with his quarterback skills versus versus his athleticism, can he do that? I think that's the part we got to think about. Four touchdowns in the air last week. It's another touchdown on the ground. 300 passing, one on the ground, 100 on the ground. I'm in. I'm all in with JRP right now until he proves otherwise. Uh, Devin with the, I've got JRP over 59 and a half rushing yards. Devin, uh, what is the forecast though? What's the up to the moment forecast? If you can slide that into the uh, mentions. Good guy here at Patrick Nurse FTW. Will we see Mikey Keene getting snaps this season? And if so, in what games? Uh, not unless absolutely necessary, I think, because of injury. I don't think we see him throw. Honestly, I mean, this is no slight on Mikey. I hope we don't, because if, if we do, that means, to your point, Trace, something catastrophic has happened. Either JRP's gone down or our team is not playing well and we need a new quarterback, which are, are not good things in either front. So, I mean, I, I frankly hope we don't have to see any backup quarterback, not just Mikey Dean, because obviously that means something catastrophic took place. Well, on that note then, Mike, uh, two letters, two words, Robert. I think Robert's coming to the game, by the way. Have you guys met That's Robert? Correct. Have you I met have him? Uh-huh. One person. Uh, hung out with Robert uh, in Dallas at the SMU game. He asks, after losing the starting job, you think Keene now has a handshake agreement with Gus to not play more than four games to preserve maximum eligibility for his eventual transfer. Uh, I can't imagine that that is exactly how it went down. But, uh, you know, you saw how Mikey Keene came into the season with Dylan Gabriel's injury. and You could see Mikey Keene be needed. Yeah, if if there is an injury and he has to come in on this week, next week, and play for three, four games, I think all handshake agreements are out the window. We need to do what's best for this team this year. Gus knows that. Mikey knows that. And I, I think he's fine. Look, even if he transfers, he still has two more years of eligibility. And is he really going to play another three years? If you're talking about an NFL career, you don't want to be 26 years old going into the NFL. So he's going to play a couple more years after this, and that's it. We've got a punter who's going to be 29 when he enters the NFL because he'll have the four years, the COVID year. At the CMAS, 14, anyone still feeling Memphis a tougher road game than ECU? I still think they're. I think there's a stumble on the road somewhere. Either one of them, I think, are problematic. 
I mean, ECU looked good uh, against NC State. Uh, obviously, they are they have their own field goal kicking issues. They, they had the the win on this kid's foot, and obviously, it doesn't doesn't happen. They played well defensively. It's always a tough place, but weird things happen at Memphis. I've said this a thousand times. Weird things happen at Memphis. I absolutely think the ECU is the better team, but you had that weird mojo over the Liberty Bowl there. I don't know what's going on. So, I, I think they're both problematic, but uh, weird things at Memphis. Like for the shirt. People are scared of Memphis because of the recent years. They've been competitive. But let's go back to Conference USA. They, that was the doormat of that conference for a long time. We blew out Memphis plenty of times, too. So I'm not really as scared. East Carolina, if they have a good record, which they should by the time we play them, that crowd will be hyped. It'll be like that opening game against NC State. I'm more scared of that one. At Dolly underscore drum, I think stopping by the tailgate on Friday there afternoon. Do you yeah. foresee the state of Florida Power 4 all being ranked in the top 25 to close out September? Nah. No, that that's impossible, right? I don't think so because if if we beat Louisville and they've lost to Syracuse, I don't think that'll be enough of a convincing win to to propel us into that category. Georgia Tech looked okay against Clemson, but are they any good? So I don't know if those are going to be two signature wins that get us into that top twenty-five, maybe that twenty-eight, twenty-seven mark. But I, I don't know. Um, I, I think uh, I think not. Unfortunately, and I don't I don't know if Florida State gets ranked either. Um, Mike, uh, at UC Hef, uh, talking about black and gold cabana uh, for folks, the game day energy. They're always standing around. Uh, they're drinking their beers. Or they bring in the energy. Should we call them out, as some fans have done on social media, for not uh, being present in their seats, being active and loud throughout the game? Look, last week, you said it. It's like a preseason game. That was like a, a spring game with real uniforms on, right? That, that was not a serious game, and the weather played a little part in it. You will see the cabana in full effect tomorrow night, I promise you. Go back to any big game in that stadium. The cabana is full. People are in their seats. People are loud. So I'm not worried about the cabana people at all. I'm one of them. And you can count on me to be banging on the the aluminum, making as much noise as possible. Give us a full report on hot dogs in the upper cabana, if you will, on your social media as well. Our friend at Manny Amores, he's thinking about this big tailgate uh, debauchery ahead for the Suns, if not Friday, certainly with KZ at the now Luau in Boca Raton. He wants to know uh, which of the Suns, and this is really directed to you two guys, uh, will get you more in trouble with your spouse or lie to your spouse to cover for you. Uh, this is easy. Get you in trouble is Mike. Uh, yeah. Lie, Trace, I had you as the guy most willing to lie. And I don't I would, think you would lie. I would cover for you. I would try. I think what you would do is kind of play the, like, I don't really know where they went. I think you'd play, you know do that card. I don't think you'd come up with some sort of elaborate ruse and a three-part act of what happened. I think you would just be like, yeah, they were here. I'm not sure where they went. And that would be I think they're right over of, there. <laughs> yeah, that would be your level of, I think, yeah. But Mike, yeah. a thousand percent gets you in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the way it is. And you know what? I, my wife feels good about me going to the game with Adam. Adam's kind of that calming influence. She's okay. Adam's gonna be there. I don't feel as bad, you know, if I if I was with some uh, maybe some rowdier people. So I think yeah, you're right. I am the one that gets us in trouble. At lonely bucf, he asks if he had a Bud Light the tailgate for every point Louisville scores, what would he be during the game? He posted a poll on this: sober, tied with drunk, with dead and blackout trailing in that poll. I said that uh, Louisville could score 70 points and you'd be just fine drinking Bud Light. But Mario looks like he 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 can handle himself. Looks like it's not his first time around some Bud Lights. I have him uh, scoring 24 points. I think that still puts him in drunk category, though. I don't think that gets him blackout. I think Mario's good. Mario's good at the drunk category. No, nah, not with Bud Light. 
Yeah, exactly. You're going to need a lot of Bud Lights to really get blackout. I, I'm always saying they're going to score 13 points. Maybe not even that much. 10? I think he's fine. At I am Rob 6719. Most hot dogs eaten in one sitting from each of the trio of the Suns. I doubt my answer on this in my life is ever more than two. I put down two as well, but I will tell you, I've I've taken out like ten to twelve tacos of Taco Bell, so I don't I don't think hot dogs are my uh, my thing. But tacos, get out of my way. Uh, yeah, the most I've ever ate, and I know I talk about hot dogs a lot on the show. You do. Probably <laughs> four, like on a. Yeah. a, a, a fourth of july like hot dog eating contest at the house basically and that that's it normally one or two hot dogs is good for me um three is a lot four would be my record all right so as mackenzie milton said earlier we're going to see him and hopefully all of you going down to south florida for that boca bash there at fau he's going to be joining us for that tailgate but before that mike reset the scene friday afternoon you said it earlier in the show yeah you've got a big tent lined up <laughs> i do have a big tent and we got some big guests too i know we announced uh mackenzie for next week in boca I, I look you know i was at the watch party last week down here in fort lauderdale friends with rashad Causey. now we've been in contact he'll be there tomorrow he tells me he's coming with some other former players maybe jamias Pittman, maybe titus davis marlon williams you know we've got a bunch of friends You'd that randomly we- picked them out of the air Mike. <laughs> <He's just naming laughs> anybody. these Maybe are the guys just- he told me he's coming with this is his crew uh, what am i gonna do not believe him they're going to be there tomorrow. Uh, maybe a couple other guests that we've seen on the show here uh, plenty of times. We, you never know who's going to show up at this thing. You're going to want to be there for sure. It's going to be a great time. We're going to have food. Poor choices coming with the beers. We have cover in case it rains. What else do you want? Remind folks where we'll be. Right next to the stage, the concert stage, but right next to Iowa Plaza, right by the uh, practice facility. You really can't miss us. There's going to be a bunch of white tents set up there. We'll have our name on it. It'll say Sons of UCF. And poor choice. Um, it's a, a football throw, maybe a 30-yard pass to the front of the stadium. Gotcha. Tent, also uh, also a 30-yard field goal. Right? Number 10. Tent number 10. I, I, I put that on the map. I don't know if the tents are actually going to have numbers. That's what they sent me. <laughs> Just put that down. <laughs> well, no, that's, the, that's the map they sent me so they know I know which tent to go to. Now, the well, tents Randall are going to have our names on it. Like, will Randall Cunningham be stopping by? <laughs> you never know. You never know. I mean, Malik is going to be playing his son. So, you know, maybe he'll be hanging out in the uh, Louisville tent. Last time, remember, Adam, that the tent next to us was the visiting tent. It was the Boise State. They had, like UCF does the away tailgates. We were right next to the Boise State one. I see a big tent next to ours. That may be the Louisville tent. Maybe Randall will be there. I'll ask him. Oh, if he's there. I definitely want you to talk to him. All right, guys. Uh, Mackenzie Milton, we thank you for stopping by. Joe, who covers and talks about uh, Louisville, we thank you for being here. Uh, we're going to turn over to, uh, how about a tease here for Brandon Hellwood going live with Terrence Plummer uh, coming on right at 9.05. So we want to give way to our good friend, Brandon Hellwood. Guys, I look forward to seeing you and all of Night Nation that will stop by our tailgate tent tomorrow afternoon, right around 2.30 or so. Uh, Look forward to seeing you guys. Be safe in your travels, all of you across Night Nation. And uh, for Adam and Mike, I'm Trace Trollco. Go Knights! Charge on. Charge on. Sports Social Podcast Network.